Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Good morning, everyone. Hola. <laughs> I can say hello in a few languages. Hola. Bon dia. Good has to have a good look now that I've said good enough. All right. Good looking bunch of people. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Got some visitors. Nice to have you guys with us. Last week we did, um, I did a message on maturity. Who was here? Okay. So it seems like one week we have the one bunch and next week we have the the rest of the church. It's fantastic. <laughs> I made sure that the message was uploaded because today is a part two of it. And the next week is possibly a part three of it. Before we're going to go into more specific things. So indulge me if you will. I'm going to carry on with a couple of things. Oh, but Father, we thank you this morning that other than us grounding ourselves in your word and in your spirit, Lord, there's really no life in and through us, God. I pray that this morning that you will come through your spirit and illuminate your word. Even if we just flatter and touch on some of the scriptures, Father, that you will come and bring revelation. The weight of your word will fall in our hearts today, God. That we as a people will stand mature ready to marry our king. Walk in this in Jesus' name. I pray for the ability, Father, to bring your word and speak to your children. In Jesus' name. Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith towards God. I explained to you guys that it's not either or, it is both. We start with the elementary teachings, the repentance, the Jesus, I need you, Savior, and then we move on. And that's what we're going after, the maturing of us as a bride. I spoke about, I had three points last week, who can remember? Yeah. Just a simple nod of the head will suffice, even an amen. We are charismatic church. Amen. We'll work one point, <laughs> one of the three. Had three. Oh, goodness. Only my family remembers this. Three S's. It was past, present, and future. Can you remember? Oh, goodness gracious me. We are frozen this morning. But I also, right at the end, I rambled off six D's. But they were actually all the same D. Hey, decide. <laughs> I started every point with the side. <clears throat> so at our home group, I had the, the courage to go through the points again. Because as a preacher, you never want to re regurgitate your message again. But we did that at our home group on Tuesday. And uh, some of them said, I rambled off the Ds too, too quickly. So I said, don't stress. It's part two today. We're going to go through it a little bit again. So the six Ds. And I grounded that in, in Scripture. And I said, Romans 8 verse 19 says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
Do you remember this? Sons, small s, of God. That means sons and daughters of God. That means you and I. And I said to you that we are comfortable with this being revealed when Jesus returns. But I challenged you on that thing and I said, it is us revealing Jesus in a situation. Can you remember that? Does it make sense? I want to put it like this. When the small capital sons arrive in a situation, they bring revelation of the capital, the small s. You understand what I'm saying? Now, let's try again. When the sons with a small s of God, us, arrive in a situation, we have the ability, the power to reveal the capital S, son, in situation. Make sense? Okay, cool. Maybe today's going to be a double take for me on all the points. But let's go. So the cliche was saying that for such a time as this, as Hadassah was told by Mordecai, don't you think that God would have put you in a place like this for such a time as this. That's us. So the first one was decide to live with impact. <clears throat> We're going to go through them again quickly, but I want to massage it in. We as a mature people, as a mature individual, must decide that we will live with, with impact. We're not just going to let a moment slide. When our kids came home after a practice, and they said they had a, a deep and meaningful conversation with somebody, and then uh, you're like, oh, quite mature answers. And uh, the child replied and said, yeah, I'm deciding to live with impact. <laughs> Take those moments and make them teachable in Christ. Redeems, redeem moments. But anyway, we'll just come in and let, let it be wasted. Redeem it. Decide to live with impact. Decide to be a sober-minded person. And this was probably what brought the most questions about at our home group. People wanted to know what I mean with sober-mindedness. I think some of us sometimes have an inflated opinion of who we are. And I think some of us sometimes have an inferior opinion of who we are. Sober-mindedness is the thing when I can say, I am redeemed in Christ for the express purpose of God. That means my gifts and my talents, my natural abilities in Him have, the, the abilities have a purpose. Sober-mindedness ground, grounds me in confidence in who I am. Not in arrogance and not in apology. Some of you need to speak when you're at home group because you've got the ability to bring revelation in God. Some of you need to come to prayer meeting because you are called to pray. You have a gifting of God. Sober-mindedness is understanding who you are in Christ. Decide to engage God on matters. I was saying this, um, some of us shouldn't just make decisions. We shouldn't be left alone. <laughs> make our own decisions. We need God. <laughs> some of us have the gift of wisdom. We should engage them when we engage God in situations. I made this comment, which is um, <clears throat> one of my things in life that I believe on. What are your trade-offs? I said, don't make frivolous trade-offs in your life. Stop it. You remember when Trevor preached and he said to us, just stop it. I had to deal with issues. Just stop it. Stop the trade-offs in your life. Was that the point when I confessed about my serious, my, my serious series addiction where I <laughs> escaped and missed my wife's birthday? 
Then I said, the, the, the fifth one, everybody in my home group seemed to have missed, but decide to live with God in the moment and not after the moment. I'm so excited when you come to me and say, I've missed God. It, it means you've at least realized that you stuffed up and you look back and you said, well, what, where was it? Well, I missed him there. I was asking us as a mature congregation to hold each other accountable, as mature individuals to, to say to one another, hey, don't miss God in the moment. Live with him in the moment. And then the sixth one was decide to be part of something living, something alive. Some of us are, are living in the death of good memories. Remember when? Oh, yes, that song. Remember when we used to sing that song? Remember when we had, um, in, in, in our circles, it was samatracking and samakomste and conferences, conferences. And, and remember then? And remember that once when we were praying together and the weight was so heavy that we couldn't straighten ourselves. It's dead. It's gone. It's just a memory. But we live there, don't we? <clears throat> a mature person says, I've lived there, therefore I can live in it again, in the now, in the future. Live in something that is living. Now, the, 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 the part two today is that when we, you and I as individuals, Mature, we become the mature ecclesia. We become the group, the community, the church of God. And if each of us decide to be mature in who we are, we end up with a mature church, don't we? And then we become the royal we. Where God says, you are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. That's what we become. And that's what we're after. It's not going to be the, the, uh, the, the Johanna Molly's dog and pony show. It's not going to be the, the Trevor Sill and uh, Reuben and, and the elders and, and all of the elders dog and pony show. It's going to be each and every one of us in maturity making this church mature. That's what we're after. You get that? All right, cool. I'm starting to get some attention there. Maybe some not. <clears throat> so let's do this thing. Point number one. Maturity in church is a collective journey. In Hebrews 5 verse 14, It says, but solid food is for the mature. In 1 Peter 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, um, you should long for the pure spiritual milk. And you read those two, and they both speak of maturity in the context. And I'm thinking, oh, some of us want to eat steaks, and some of us want to drink milk. And from the context that I see, I think it's both acceptable. I think some of us that have traveled with God a little bit longer think that we are mature. And we look down on those that have come maybe a little bit more recent than us. And we say, oh, but you should be eating steak. It's so yummy. And then we sit and we eat a piece of steak and we choke. <laughs> 
because we overestimate our maturity. And I want to say with good reason, some of us are sitting here and we should not be drinking milk. We should have moved on to mashed potatoes. You shouldn't just be reading Proverbs. You should have graduated to Psalms. And you guys are telling us, but see, you choke on steak. Well, at least we tried. We're not just sitting in this comfort zone of, I'll just drink my milk. Give me formula. I'm lactose intolerant. I'll drink the soya ones. You see, we think that maturity is a destination and a point of arrival. Where maturity in God is just the ability to know that we are never mature. <laughs> but we are always going to grow. And then the scriptures are good because in some areas we will be sipping milk. But may that milk be from the Holy Spirit. And in other areas we will be eating steak. I don't know what reference to you. But may we eat it with chutzpah. May we cut little slivers of our steak and feed it to those that are wanting to graduate from milk to solid foods. Maturity is being aware that we have an effect and an impact on situations. Maturity in God is knowing that we are never perfectly mature. But we're not after perfection. We are after the journey with Christ. Maturity is never a destination, but an ever-growing development into his purpose, into his fullness, and into his image. Anybody here completely like Jesus? Raise a hand quickly. So can this point maybe just bring us arrogant swines some humility? But may the same point spur you on if you are just satisfied with sipping milk to the point where you say, I want to grow some teeth so that I can chew on the deep truths of Christ. Point number two, I called unity in the body as a sign of a maturing church. See how I progress with my, my writing skill. I start with maturity. Now I'm taking it to, no, we are never reaching maturity, but we will ever be a maturing church. Clever use of words there, hey? <coughs> Unity in the body is a sign of a maturing church, which is what we are after. There's not one elder on this team that will say we, we want these arrogant, mature Christians that just sit and criticize. We want people that are vulnerable to say, I will never settle for second best. But I will always pursue God. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 7. Here's some pages. That's a good sign. Let's read it. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Remember last week my point was understand that you have a will, a purpose in the will of God. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there's one body 
and there's one spirit. We are that body. Just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ. Unity. When I look at a mature church, it's a church that is united despite the differences. I'm going to get to point three. Look at the differences. The scripture says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Walk with humility. Walk with gentleness. Some of the translations take that word gentleness and they, they, they translate it to the word meekness. The word meekness. What is meekness in Afrikaans? Something I, I, I bucked against all of my life. I don't want to be meek. Because for me, meekness was just bleh. I looked at it and I thought, who wants to be meek? You can be loud. <laughs> or you can be wild. Meekness is understanding the strength of God within you. Meekness is understanding who he says you are. Meekness is understanding who he is and what he wants to accomplish in the situation. To get to meekness, we have to go through humility. A mature church, church humbles themselves so that they can get to the inner strength of knowing who God has called them to be. Rabbi Zacharias has this thing where he goes through, there were 600 and something laws. And then Isaiah reduced it to, I think, 33. And then somebody else, David, reduced it to, what, 12, 13? I, I can't remember. And then he says, and then Micah reduces it to, walk humbly with your Lord, humble yourselves, no, 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 three. And then he says, Jesus comes and he reduces it to two. Love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. When we humble ourselves as a church before God, we can get to the point where we know who we are, where we stand in His strength, where we operate in His strength, when we walk out unity. When we humble ourselves as a church, we know that the best gift is the one that is relevant for the moment. We don't sit there and criticize here, and we don't stand here and criticize there. Because we know that the moment in God calls for the gift that is relevant. Humility doesn't put style ahead of heart. Who likes our style of worship? I, I dig it. I like it that it can be wild and we can quiet and, and it can be, I, I love it. Standing at Equip. Mm. Mm. Maybe they should come to LRC. 
I listen to some of the songs. I'm like, oh, we don't sing it quite as well as Jermaine. Hey, how quickly does it happen? Humility. Humility is that thing of knowing that I can learn from each and every person. In every moment that I am, should I choose to do it. Anybody else miss it ever so often, or it's just me that's taking shots this morning with myself? With humility and gentleness, meekness, with patience. Oh, dear. Oh, Lord. Last week I thought, ah, man, after I preached this, Lord, I've got a degree of mastery in some of these things. I think those are the words always spoken before an episode of humility. You're like, I can show you how to bake a chocolate cake. That thing comes out as flat as a pancake. I'm confronted with this weak muscle of mine. I'm just not a patient person. And I don't know why. I just can't figure it out quick enough. (laughs) A mature church has an attitude of patience before God, knowing that His will will prevail and His purposes will be to His glory. I, I, I think God has given me the ability to see something of the future and the vision. But you know, mix that with my impatience. And a wild old, a wise old man told me that you will keep giving birth to Ishmael's because you are not willing to wait. A mature church is a patient church. And a mature church bears one another in love. Just by show of hands, sorry to expose you guys, but are you friends with everybody in this congregation? Do you like everybody in the congregation? I know I'm your favorite preacher. Thank you for that. But sometimes, when somebody, well, one of the others, obviously, because I'm the favorite preacher. When one of the other preachers come and preaches a word, are you able To bear them in love and find what God wants to say to you through them. Their different style. Their different words. Can you sit at home group and not just tolerate the person that always carries on talking, but bear them in love and say, God, what are you trying to teach me besides patience? Through this person. A mature church. Maturity equals unity. Unity equals maturity. Knowing who we are, but seeking God in humility. Preferring one another. Being patient with one another. Bearing one another in love. We become a mature ecclesia. A collective. A community. Church.
It says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I told you last week, one of my things that I've been described as is sandpaper. I'm not always the, the front runner for making peace. <laughs> I believe in making war during times of peace. <laughs> Some of us need to learn to lay down being right for the sake of peace in God. Just because legitimately we can say, but I was right. I told you so. This was the season of building in God. This was what was supposed to happen. Does not mean we are building this ecclesia this church up in maturity. It means we are bolstering our own self at the expense of this. Matthew 5 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I want to say that when you see somebody make peace, could you tell them, bless you, and not when they sneeze? Speak life and speak scripture over them. Bless you if, you if you find that peace is more important than being right. Blessed are those who pers are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so that persecuted the prophets who were before you. You cannot read this portion without reading the fullness of it. A mature church is one that is rooted in unity despite our diversity. I completely believe then we give the world a taste of what the, the Trinity is about. Diversity and unity in diversity. Point number three. I don't know what to call this one, so I just called it Ephesians 4 ministries. Is that right? I'm going to read it quickly because I want us to just unpack a few things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. 
When each part is working properly, this makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Remember last week I told you, we are connected to a head, Jesus Christ. That was so that you would mature as an individual in knowing who you are and that you have a purpose. Today I want to take this scripture and say, what does it mean to us as a church? What is a mature church about? We went to Sunday school and learned the fivefold ministry. Not like we give our kids sometimes. Apostle, the thumb, because it points in the direction of God. I know the doctrine isn't God is our, but you understand the, the principle. Apostle, prophet, points the way, points to God. Evangelist reaches out the longest finger. Pastor, because it holds the ring, which is the love, the heart for the people. And the teacher, because you try and do anything without your little finger. You have no grip. We've seen this firsthand with Jude. Give strength, the teacher. Now, we as a church are quite happy with people out there saying, oh, apostle, this is coming, and prophet, this is coming. Evangelist Duan is out, in, out and about in Alex. They are, they are just, there's mayhem. How was the outreach yesterday? Was it good? And the area receptive? Yeah, it, it was in Alex. Cool. And I think we are comfortable and we tolerate it because it means those things are for the elect few out there. And that elect few come into this church and then they build us up. And the apostles teaches us to be apostolic and raises up apostles. And the prof prophets do that. And it's right. It's true. We need the, the, the fivefold gifts in the church. We do. We do from time to time need them to come in because maybe there's a weakness in our arsenal. We're not, we're not that well equipped in certain areas. Uh, some time ago, we had Wally and Shirley here. Spoke to us about lifestyle evangelism. You guys remember that? We had meetings with the home group leaders and the deacons. We need that from time to time. I want to say, mature church, understand that we are called to be that. To one another and out there. So now, from now, from next week, everybody calls Heath uh, Prophet Heath. Who wants to be an apostle? <laughs> no, guys. Not in the title, it's in the nature, it's in the heart. It's understanding that before God, we're not after titles, we are after His design. We as a church are called to be apostolic. Somebody said the other day, but LRC, you're called to be a base church. I'm like, what does it mean? Are you supposed to plant churches? All right, I mean, what have we done before? There's a church in Paul with elders that used to be on the team here, Winton and Ingrid. There's Mike and S out in Newcastle in the UK. We built part of base church. Didn't you guys go and live in Zim basically and keep it 
down. We, we took things there. We've, we have Hope City Church. It started in St. Francis in the woods, and now I'm eating morning services in a shopping center. Glennon and Candace, crazy folk. They have their kids' ministry in the shopping center in between the liquor store and the online gambling shop. I feel sorry for those people that swing out of that liquor state and come to church. You can just see Candace and Glendon pounce on them. Gateway City Church and Alex. Breakthrough in Boxburg. Apostolic in your nature. I think we, we have done that. Have we maybe recently done it? I don't know. But we're going to go after being an apostolic-based church. For sure. Do you think that we just like to throw a cat among the pigeons during worship? Okay, let's just quickly interrupt Jermaine halfway through the chorus. It's fun. <laughs> See if you can recover from this one. Guys, we are a prophetic church. We want to go after what God says. In that, do we sometimes miss it? Yes. But we sometimes hit it, and it's glorious in God. Outreaches. I can, I can honestly find a myriad of excuses why not to go on an outreach? And I like people. I don't know what an introvert can come up with if I, that enjoy people, can come up with so many. Do you think we just what, want, do want to be busy in his first year of marriage? That's why we say to him, dude, arrange outreaches. No. It's because it's in the Word. There are people out there that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The pastor and the teacher. Ed used to say to us, you can only correct people once you have loved them. Good principle to hold on to. You can only be a pastor, a teacher, when you've been a pastor. They go hand in hand. You have to love people if you want to correct them. Because who's going to pick up the pieces when the word comes and divides sinew and strength and bone and marrow? Who's going to pick up the pieces? I tell you as teachers, we just want to walk off. <laughs> Sorry. Someone needs to give that man some stitches. I want to say, can we bring back as mature individuals... But understand that we are never reaching a point of maturity, but on a journey of maturing in Christ. Can we as individuals come in this church and say, as apostolic people, we will understand that that thing that is spoken of in Ephesians 4, when it says the apostolic gift is the power of the gospel that is still alive today. That gives us the forward momentum and gives us the courage to go and do what needs to be done. should spur you on to talk about the one that is above it all, beyond it all. The kingdom of God needs to advance. It's a fact. I want to say the apostolic gifting is for forward momentum. 
and it's for Jeremiah 29, 11 ownership. Now we know that there's a future and a hopeful one for everybody in him. I want to say the prophetic is the voice of God. It dispels the lies of the enemy. It tells you who you are and not who you think you are. The evangelist, I want to tell you, is the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The pastor is the hands of the gospel. It reaches down into the dirt and the muck and says, how can I love you? And picks up. I want to say the teacher is the wisdom of the gospel. It doesn't make sense that he should die for me, but yet he did. Practically, what does it mean? I want to say that all of us can be apostolic in our nature. All of us can be prophetic. All of us can be evangelistical. Evangelistic. Of an evangelical is I want to hear where's 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 Steph? Is it evangelical? Okay, cool. You've been vindicated. <laughs> evangelical. We should be pastoring. You should be pursuing the truth as people. I think we have made it something about comparison. Who's more gifted? And we take that five, uh, fivefold ministry and we say, well, the apostle is more important than the prophet. Oh, but that, that person, like Terry is such a pastor, I can never be like him. And, 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 and Lainey is an incredible teacher and I can never be like her. And we've done something of brought comparison into this, this fivefold ministry. When I want to say possibly what we should do is step out of comparison and step into obedience. Because I have seen somebody step into a prophetic moment with God that in their nature you would never consider it to be prophetic. But because they were obedient, the gift flows. I want to say, we have possibly taken our church into the realm of comparison. Because if you really want to know how to do church service, Come to LRC. It's embarrassing to say, isn't it? Can we, as mature individuals, step up and take a mature LRC into the realm of obedience? Where on a Sunday morning, if you've got something to bring, you are right there at that prayer meeting, ready to give it to the person that's going to MC. 
You're right here to come and serve. If your contribution is brought or not, you know that it is for this morning for someone, and you are ready to pray one-on-one if you have to. Father, keep us humble. In Jesus' name, Lord. I want to just give you a couple of questions. Maybe if you're in a situation, the question you should be asking is not, who should I call? Ghostbusters. But maybe, God, what would you like to see being established here? Apostolic in the nature. Maybe in this situation, what you should, should ask yourself is, what is God saying? And what am I understanding from Him? Maybe what you should see is, what is God's heart for these people? Maybe what you should say is, is what is God's wisdom for this situation? Maybe what you should be saying is, what kindness can I bring into this situation? I'm wrapping up, and we're going to have communion today because I really want you to ask God to make you aware of the fivefold ministry that you carry as a mature Christian in a mature church in your life. Maybe there are all sorts of fears that you need to let go of this morning during communion. Oh, I can't do this because I'm not this. You can do it because Christ Jesus is in you and he says you can do all things through me. And then one step further, he places you in a community who can hold you to account and help you and hold your hands up high. I wanted to conclude with the three S's that I did last time. Can you remember? Survey the past, scope the future, savor and seize the present. 1982. What happened? Who was born in 1982? Here we go. 1982. God sends Rigby and Sue to plant this church. 36 years. Survey the past. You're not part of of just a legacy here. um, But there's a platform here. 1982, 19, I think it's at 88, the King's School is established as the King's School. 30 years of education through this tiny little congregation. I said to somebody, I don't know why they keep stealing our teachers. We must be doing something right. Training ground of night. Survey the past. Mature church looks at its its past and learns from it and, and builds on it. The future. Have I, have I told you guys how many living units, housing units they are building in Limbro Park? Over the next eight years. Who wants to guess? Seven thousand? Who wants to guess? The one developer has bought enough land to put up 8,000 or 7,000 units. Two to three bedroom units. Not on the outskirts of Limbra Park. 
in Limbra Park. Have you driven down Cluley Road? You see at the traffic circle they've demolished? Looks very neat. That's the other developer that has bought enough land for 5,000 living units. Our landscape is changing as a church. 12,000 two to three bedroom units within the next eight years built on our doorstep. It's going to change us. We, we can't say we are a city church anymore that people drive from far and wide. We will now be a city church in a suburb. <laughs> it's crazy. That's our future. When you scope the future in Christ, there's hope and there's purpose. And then the season, the savior, or saver. I want to remind us that as a mature church, we understand it's not that when we feel like it, we have to obey. But when we say we are part of God's church, it is our duty to obey. Colossians 1 verse 28, it says, Him we proclaim. Him. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We're going to have communion now. Besides the other things like what you can do, what you are fearing, what you need to lay down, what you need to think of, what, besides scoping the future and, and surveying the past, besides all of that, this morning as you have communion, can you come back to Him that gave His life for you? Because a mature church can never, ever depart from the point of knowing that it is all about Him. Him, Jesus Christ, not us, Him, not our past, His past through us, His future for us, His gifting in us, His unity in our diversity, Him. I don't know, Jermaine, come play some guitar for us. Can we just pray together, Father? Lord, I pray that in this journey of becoming mature in you, that, that you will reveal our heart's attitude to us, God. Where we have failed you, Father, and where we've made it about ourselves. Our Lord, I pray that as we now have communion, that we will be reminded that it's your blood and your body that was sacrificed for us once and for all. But it's you, Jesus, you central. We don't want to depart or take a step in any other direction unless it's in you, Jesus. Father, I pray that as we have communion together now as a church, that, that we will mature in our 
revelation of Jesus Christ. That we will grow in our love of Jesus Christ. That we will grow in our understanding of hearing your voice. 